So, anyone have a good earliest memory they want to share this morning? I wanted to share about my video here. Never mind. I do have good early memories. Really? Cool. I have a, a triad that I think completely accurately describes me as an adult as well. One was my first, so these all are about three, almost three and a half, because my brother's not born yet. And I go to Disneyland with my family, and I'm very indecisive. And my indecisiveness prevents me from going on as many rides, and I feel frustrated with myself. So I can't decide which one I want to win in line for. The, the other one is my parents bike a lot, and they have to do kitty thing. So I'd be in back crying and trying to take my helmet off. And they said that often they'd have to like pause and put my helmet back on, because I'd move out of it. And then my other one is my like, salvation experience, which my memory of it is being like by a window and being surrounded by the golden love of God and feeling held in the heart of Christ. Man, that's good. I know. <laughs> so that's how I am now. Like all three of them. I just want to sit just... down right now because that's <laughs> like, man, yeah. I'm talking. There's stuff there. I know. That's crazy. Actually, makes you remember uh, when uh, I have a, a formative uh, early memory at Disney World when I was five with the Dumbo ride, and I was like, I want to, I don't want to ride, because I was like freaked out about it, because it's the Dumbo ride, and uh, and then like my sister got in line with my mom, and then I like changed my mind. My dad's like, no, you can't change your mind, and I'm like, I want to ride the Dumbo ride, you know. And so yeah. I feel like we're the same person. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, anyway. Yeah, anybody else? A good memory? I brought these uh, photos. That, so, uh, Suri gets her school picture done every year like you do. And uh, anyway, so uh, for the last three years, uh, we've got the same background, so we can see like progression. Anyway, so this was like two years ago at pre-K, and, and I was like, oh my gosh, she's so little, I just want to like pinch her cheeks, and just, oh, you know, and then it's like, it's like next year, she like, you know, she's like, oh my word, like, she's really matured, and like, oh, man, and then you compare the two, and you're like, dang, little baby, and, and then, uh, this is, anyway. It's like, oh my gosh, it's like a 16-year-old, you know? It's like, it's like, what in the world? Like, I don't even know how that happens. It's ridiculous, you know? And, uh, anyway, it's just amazing how time passes. This is, I don't know if this is like, anyway, it's a freebie. You're welcome. So, uh, person being in the fridge can see my pictures. So. Yeah, um, earliest memories. Oh, man. So much has been coming to my mind when I've been uh, thinking about uh, this this week, and inevitably that Nickelback song always comes to my head, you know, and, uh, you know, <laughs> the one you guys love. Uh, anyway, I like to sneak in a little Nickelback every now and then in my sermons, but uh, anyway. Yeah, what's, uh, what's your earliest memory? It's, it's funny to think about. Uh, is it rocking in your grandfather's lap? Is it the smell of your grand's perfume? 
Is it your sister hitting you in the face? You know, it, it could be tons of things. Running barefoot in the yard. You know, someone singing happy birthday. I remember one of my earliest ones is actually hiding under the table at my birthday party. Uh, so, anyway, there's there's all kinds of fun uh, fun young memories. Um, it, it mostly seems impossible though to pin down your earliest ones, though, right? Uh, but as studies have shown, and, and we talked about before, how before like age two, right? They say that man, that's when the that's when the stuff really happens, and uh, who you are so much is is formed out of those early uh, first couple years, and it's always the ones right that you don't remember. And it's just like a little ironic, like that we remember uh, the most from the times that we don't remember. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, there's sort of this just little bit of ironic uh, play there, so, but, but what we do remember is sort of like the story of our childhood, right? Uh, the overarching, like, you can sort of like remember some of the really happy times and some of the wounds and, and uh, the times inevitably that uh, we felt very loved, uh, the times that we were embraced, or maybe the times that we were embarrassed, or uh, the times that we were left out, and these stories over an arc of our lives end up shaping us. Uh, more and more, and so, but it is interesting to think about those early, unremembered memories, uh, right, that are still shaping our story today, and we'll inevitably be unpacking those early, unremembered memories for the rest of our lives, and giving my psychiatrist lots of money, and trying to, like, take out uh, as much as that was put in, and so, um, yeah, so some of us will spend the rest of our lives sort of turning this gym of our childhood and uh, trying to decipher what needs to what needs to be let go, what needs to be received and embraced, and uh, anyway. And so, how do you go about cutting through all that? How do you go about seeing uh, your own story and your own life from like your third eye? You know what I'm saying? Like uh, some of us go through our entire semi-charmed life's third eye blind, right? Wait. Okay, sorry. It was for a generation a couple years earlier. There are no laughs. I was going to wait till there's a laugh, but we have to move on. Uh, so, um, anyway, Google it. Uh, so, how do we, how do we move, how do we move forward? I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed. Uh, so, uh, something about, uh, something about the holidays actually uh, that gets me really going, and especially Halloween that we just had, and you just get all these little kids. And they've got like pillowcases full of candy, and they're literally running through the streets, and there's just so much joy involved, and they're knocking on strangers' doors, asking for candy, right? Uh, you know, it's a no wonder like we've just confused so many children. Like they're like, don't take candy from strangers, don't take it, you know. And then we have a holiday where you go take candy from strangers. Like it's like, of course this has never worked. But uh, anyway, my kids are really good at this, and. Um, Anyway, it, I, I just love it because it's just this image of these just kids and they're just pure joy, this pure joy moment, uh, right? I always mess with the kids who, uh, so many of them don't know how to have trick-or-treat anymore. They just come to my door and just stare at me. They knock on my door and I open it and I, they're just like waiting for it. I won't give them candy until they say trick-or-treat. And this year was actually pretty funny because I decided that I was going to make them say it and then I was, was going to say, well, which one do you want? And of course, the snarky kids are like, I'll take a trick, you know? And so then I reached down in their bag and took their candy. <laughs> uh, anyway, this one kid was like, not cool, man. <laughs> I was like, 
Hey, you, you chose. Uh, so. Anyway, where are we going here? I'm supposed to be preaching. Um, so uh, I'm going to take a minute here this morning, and uh, I'm going to try something. Um, I want to try to do a little meditative practice with this this morning. So, um, you know, I noticed that this new generation of people and churches these days, we're not good at closing our eyes well. You know, even when we pray, everyone's always looking around. I know because I'm watching. Uh, but um, let's, let's take a minute here and uh, let's all close our eyes this morning. And I want us to imagine what it what it's like to be a child. I, I want to see if you can remember being a child. Let's practice being a child this morning. Just take a really deep breath right now. See if you can remember being a child. Try to imagine yourself as very little. Search the feelings of your memories for a time when you felt most safe. Maybe a time when you felt most innocent. Think about a time when you were held, a time when you were loved. You remember being a child. Let's try to keep our eyes closed. Meditate. You remember being a loved child. What if I tell you this morning that it wasn't just a memory, but it's actually the present moment that you are in? Hosea writes, Israel was a child. I loved her. And out of Egypt, I called my daughter. The more I called them, the more they went from me. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and offering incense to idols. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. I was to them like those who lift their infants to their cheeks. I bent down to them and fed them. They shall return to the land of Egypt, and Assyria shall be their king, because they refuse to return to me. The sword rages in their cities. It consumes their oracle priests and devours because of their schemes. My children are bent on turning away from me. To the Most High they call, but he does not raise them up at all. How can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over to Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboam? My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warmer and tender. I will not execute my fierce anger. 
I will not again destroy Ephraim. For I am God and no mortal, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. This is the word of the Lord. You can open your eyes, receive it. So this morning we are in this brief moment in Hosea, one of the minor prophets, although not minor. Um, And uh, basically everything we know about Hosea is in Hosea, right? Uh, Outside of Hosea, we don't really know anything about Hosea. So um, it's kind of interesting little prophet, and uh, he lived around um, the 700s BC uh, time frame in what would have been the Northern Kingdom. And just for a little context purposes, uh, when he's uh, speaking about Ephraim here, Ephraim would have been like the core of the Northern Kingdom, uh, basically understood as like. Uh, Israel its, itself. And so you can sort of use this a little bit of uh, synonymous language here. When we're talking about Ephraim, we're talking about Israel, we're talking about the people of God. Uh, and so, uh, so we're here on this book and, and this moment here, and it seems like uh, Hosea is kind of inviting us into this sort of parental, the parental mind of God uh, a little bit this morning. And, uh, and it's almost like if you, uh, if you grew up um, like I did, uh, at any point, you could go under your parents' bed, and there was this tub or this box uh, of actual photographs, and uh, you could like get them out and look at them. And uh, and Hosea's like Hosea's like pulling out or letting us catch a glimpse. Almost like God's like pulling out the old photo box of of mm-hmm. Ephraim, of Israel, the people of God, and he's sort of like. Flipping through the pages here a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Anybody have the old photo box growing up? I'm totally alone on that. There's a certain smell, BTW, that comes with actual photographs. It's weird. It's kind of gnarly. I kind of like it. It's probably not good for you. Um, so, anyway. So, God's like getting out the photo album. And he's like looking through some of the pictures here in this text. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, Egypt. Man, that was that was a good one. Back back in the glory days when when I brought you out of Egypt and you were mine and my possession and, and we bonded and I rescued you. You were like a little infant. You were like a little boy with a new puppy, right? There together. This is me, by the way. And the little dog that was Snuffleupagus. So guys. So, um, God's like, oh, remember that? That was good back in the beginning, back in the start of things, right? He sort of flips another picture down, he's flipping through the album, and then it's like, oh, Baal! It's horrible! (laughs) Oh, this was, remember when we first, first learned how to walk? Oh, that was good. Remember that? Gosh. And then you ate too much cake and fell asleep in my lap. And uh, then we just, you know, oh man, those were the good times, Israel. Man. Oh gosh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, it's the worst. Anyway, so, sort of the story of the people of God, right? You're sort of like up, down, up, down, up, down, right? It's all over the place. It's a a little easy for us to, to be critical 
uh, Israel, isn't it? You read these stories, and we're always reading the prophets and going through uh, the history here, and it's like, man, they really sucked at listening. That, like, they, they were really like crappy followers. Like, they were always griping, and they were always, uh, uh, you know, how frequently God delivered them, and how frequently they then just returned to their old habits of selfishness and greed and mistrust and idolatry. Uh, right? Uh, that is uh, until we look at our own upbringings, uh, right, and our own stories uh, that each and every one of us has, right? Part of the reason the Bible is, is so compelling is because it's every one of our stories, right? Uh, it's, it's every one of our stories, right? It's literally the story how each and every one of us came here and lived and, and made mistakes and got wounded and were rescued and at some point was, were sustained and well-fed and then made bad choices again, uh, you know, everyone in this room has gone through or will soon go through puberty, right? Uh, like we're, we're, you know, we've all sort of gone through this, uh, you know, this is our story, right? This, uh, right here, this, uh, this morning. And so even further, it's the narrative of every single day that we live, right? We wake up, we sort of roll out of the bed, we grunt, we eat breakfast, we're hungry, right? Uh... Each morning we make choices, good ones and bad ones, ones that we regret inevitably, ones that make us laugh, and, uh, and, and thus every day are faced with these consequences, these great joys and these great sorrows. Sometimes it's pain, sometimes it's a panic attack on Tuesday, uh, right? But it's, it's all part uh, of our story, right? The story of the people of God is our story. Uh, we cannot escape it. And so Hosea and his prophetic wisdom shares like clarity for those of us who can receive it this morning about who Yahweh is in our connection with her. Actually, Hosea is, is the first prophet uh, to describe our relationship with God uh, as, uh, as love, as the basis of, of that relationship. Hosea is actually the first prophet to describe love as the basis of Yahweh's relationship with Israel and with God's people. And this is crazy. God's love for us. God's love for you this morning. And so this, this imagery here uh, is beautiful, right? Um, he says, when Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. The more I called them, the more they went from me. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and offering incense to idols. Um, sometimes as a parent, and, and I get a lot out of this text as a parent, and, and I hope that we can sort of also think of ourselves as, as children here. But, um, man, as, as a parent, sometimes you ask yourself, like, why do I even try? <laughs> you know, it's just like, why, why am I still trying? Uh, uh, and uh, it, it's like, whatever you just told them uh, not to do, like three seconds later, they are doing it with fervor. You know, it's just like, like why, why do I even try? You know, it's like, how many times do I need to say this? And uh, sometimes you really just want to lose your stuff, if you know what I'm saying. So some of you don't, and that's okay. Uh, some of you are, are yeah, anyway, we're not going to go there. But um, parenting is, is by far maybe the challenging, definitely the most challenging thing I've ever done. And, uh, you know, it's like I've climbed mountains. I've done, like, all the, like, Parenting, parenting, and uh, some of you will get there one day, maybe, maybe not, it's okay. Um, but man, sometimes I feel like I'm making just continual choices. 
right? Continual choices about whether I'm going to love my kid today, right, or, or love them 30 years from now. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can either give you all the candy you want right now, and we can be cool right now, or 30 years from now you're going to come to me and say, Dad, why don't I have any teeth? Yeah, you know, it's like a, because I, I, you know, I gave you all the candy back when you wanted it, so we could be friends. You know, and uh, you know, it seems like you're constantly making these choices between like loving the child now or loving them 30 years from now. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just like why is this so difficult? You know, and uh, man, but it, but it is. There's this tension, and, and it's just like man. Uh, it's funny that before, it's almost like before we can get to uh, the unconditional, uh, we've got to go through the conditional. You know what I'm saying? It's like before we can get and know what the unconditional is, we've got to understand and embrace and poke and prod at the conditional. We've got to wrestle with the rules and the conditions uh, this morning. And so um, how many times, right, uh, do I need to say it? How many times do I need to tell you again? Probably at least 2,372 more times, right? Because that's what grace does. Grace says it again. Not in a not in an angry way, not in a shout, and not in a yell or a scream, but grace. Just says it again. Look at someone this morning and say, Grace. Wow, you guys are almost awake. You guys are almost awake. Say it again. That was weird. That was weird. Didn't expect it to go there. Verse 3. Yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them up in my arms. But they did not know that I healed them, right? Man, I'm just telling you, this is like, the page is like lighting up for me as a parent, I will say. And that's like the other thing. Like, children have no idea what you've done for them. You know, it's like, I work for you every day, child. Like, I cook your meals. And, and like, I don't even sleep. You guys already, you sleep, I don't sleep. It's not fair, you know. And uh, you just do all this stuff for your children constantly. And you're making meals and clothes and wiping their dirty bleeps, you know, and, and, you know, just over and over, like, you know, they don't care, they don't care, like, uh, they, they don't know, they don't know, like, and, uh, of course they don't care, they don't know, and even if they did know, they wouldn't care, you know, and, and that's because kids don't possess gratitude, right, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's true, like, they don't possess gratitude, Gratitude is, is cultivated. Like it's why for the last seventy years of America, uh, every every American family when they sit down to dinner, they they re- reference children in China to try to get their kids to eat. You know what I'm saying? You're trying to give context. You're trying to give a point of reference for gratitude, right? Of course, you don't, like you don't have any point of reference as a child. Like what is gratitude, right? Like you're trying to help them see there are children 
in Asia who don't have pot roast, you know, and, and that's somehow going to make your child grateful, uh, right? Because uh, we're trying to we're trying to curate, and, and there's some truth there because uh, gratitude is uh, being grateful is curated, right? We sort of we grow into this. Look at someone this morning and say gratitude. 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 I like it. That's gratitude. That's gratitude. Uh, yeah, this is this is curating. Have you ever thanked your parents for teaching you how to walk? Thanks, Dad. You did. Good job. Good job. I mean, we would all just be crawling around on our nubs right now. You know. <laughs> I, some kids would get this on their own. Some kids would not have gotten there on their own. And I'm just, anyway, I've seen it with my own eyes. Uh, literally, have you cultivated gratitude in your own life? Um, it's a real question this morning. Are you grateful? Um, at, at some point, I was actually inspired by the cross uh, with this, but um, we I changed the way I did like nightly prayers with the girls from like, who or what you want to pray for kind of situation to, like, what are you grateful for today? Uh, what, what what are you thankful for that happened today, right? All right, moving on. Uh, verse 4. I led them with cords of human kindness, with bands of love. Um, this is actually like a Hebrew uh, for God keeping his people on the child leash of love. Uh, you know, it's like, you're trying to get away, but God's love is bringing you back. I was, I was, I was to them like those who who lift their infants. I love this to their cheeks and bent down, fed them. Are there any babies in the room right now? Do you get rid of all the children? Oh, I just had a child in my cheek right now. Like, oh. if you've never done that, put a baby to your cheek. Just, oh man, I love this imagery. <laughs> Best moment ever. So this story here in Hosea, right? Our story is about God's grace and our cultivated but generally not so great reciprocal gratitude uh, and this sort of leash of faithful love that we're on here, right? This is a story about God's faithful love in the midst of our unfaithfulness. You see sort of the problems there? Right? The story about God's faithfulness despite our unfaithfulness, right? That, that God is with you even when you've made every single choice, and God would have every single reason not to be there and not to be faithful and not to love you. God is still there. Verse 5 They shall return to the land of Egypt. And so you sort of see there's a kind of a shift. Right? God's almost like throwing up his hands. They should just return to the land of Egypt, and, and Assyria shall be their king, and because they have refused to return to me. The sword rages in their cities, it consumes their oracle priests and, and devours because of their schemes. My heart is bent on turning their heart is bent in turning away from me to the most high they call, but he does not raise them up at all. You know, since my early twenties, I feel like I've spent a lot of time trying to undo a lot of maybe the not-so-great theology that's been given to me, you know? And, and a disclaimer, a lot of good theology has been given to me, you know, kept it. But there's also I mean, the 50-50 splice here of, you know, the stuff I've 
had to try to get rid of over the years, you know. Um, you know, the view uh, that, that God is a God who is just like really lurking and waiting and, and ready to like get you. You know what I'm saying? Is this familiar? Like, 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 like our God is just like, it's like almost like walking on ice. You know what I'm saying? You, you ever been in one of those houses? You grow up in one of those Like, you're a little bit walking on ice here. Like, God is ready to punish me for my sins. Like, I remember having conversations with some friends' parents and uh, talking about the traits of God. And, um, you know, I'm like, God is love. Like, yeah, God is love, but God is just. You know? God is just. God is the judge. Right? And so, God really just can easily get framed for us in this sort of, like, there's this really eggshell situation here with us and God. Is this a familiar narrative, right? This is pretty hard, right? Because, I mean, we've all made bad choices, right? We've all made bad choices. Some of us have made bad choices today already. Shame, shame. We've all made bad choices. At some point, we stole the car keys and went to the party. For some of us, that's a metaphor here this morning. For some of us, that might not be. Right? We've all done that. We've all watched the thing we weren't supposed to watch. We've all said the thing we weren't supposed to say. We've all consumed the thing we weren't supposed to consume. We all took. We all lusted. We all coveted. We all lied. Right? So it gets kind of sticky this morning. Uh, yeah. You know, sometimes I think we think about the prophets as um, those who have the role of telling us about the impending doom that awaits for us uh, as we are bad versions of God's people, right? So that's what we think about when the, who the prophets are sometimes, like those who are giving us uh, the dirt on what's going to happen to us because we're bad versions of God's people. But this morning, I wonder, I wonder if prophets aren't more just like the truth-tellers. They're just sort of like giving us, to the best of their ability, uh, the situation, right? It's almost like they just, they're just like, all right, let's just get out the album and let's just, let's just, let's just look and see, right? Let's just, let's just pull out a few pictures and just see, right? Oh, that's yeah. Emily's like, do not get these out of order. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, sometimes I wonder if the prophets aren't just like, let's just, let's just see. Let's just take a look, a good arc point of view here to see what you've done, what God's done for you, and where logically we think this is going. But not because of who you are, but because of who God has shown you to be over and over and over. I wonder if that's what the prophets are, are trying to tell us uh, this morning. and trying to transfer this, this truth to us this morning. So I'm, I'm laying in the plane here. I'm laying in the plane here. Uh, so this morning, uh, we are at this intersection uh, between... 
between the consequences of our choices and the faithfulness of God's love. This is the incredible tension here. The consequences of all the choices that we're making and the ever-loving, never-breaking faithfulness of God's love, right? And, and somehow, right? And this is precisely the moment where, where our dualistic minds, you're going to get stuck. Because this stuff doesn't super make sense. Because these things don't seem to go together. And, and some people will jump through some crazy theological hoops to try to make all of it fit. Right? It's the, it's the um, what we call getting to know the particular before we can come to know the universal. Right? It's, it's again, that like we've got to wrestle with the conditions before we can come to know the unconditional love of God this morning. All those rules, all that stuff that you had to go through, all those times that were so difficult, right? That struggle through that atonement theory, you know, that Calvin's girlfriend that you had, like, oh Lord, like we had to get through that before we could get here. You know what I'm saying? Like it was all part of the journey, right? How about we can just receive it? How about we can just move through it to get to the other side this morning. What if despite the choices that you make, what if despite the hell that you choose this morning that your holy mother, your holy father still loves you? Like the prodigal son, you can actually return at any given time. Like the older son, everything I have has always been yours. You've been with me the whole time. Everything I have has always been yours this morning. Verse 8, how can I give you up, Ephraim? How can I hand you over, my child? How can I make you like Adma and treat you like Zeboam? These were like these were like peripheral mm -hmm. cities that got destroyed along with Sodom and Gomorrah. They just sort of like intermingled themselves <laughs> with the wrong crowds, you know. My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. I will not execute fierce anger. I will not again destroy Ephraim, for I am God and no mortal. And I will not come in wrath. This morning, uh, coming back from the hike this last week, um, and the things that always excite me the most, um, kids marching down here, the choir's starting. But um, uh, the things that always excite me the most is not the Cracker Barrel. This is actually really appropriate. Um, even though the Cracker Barrel is really great when you come out of the mountains, and uh, and it's not the uh, the shower. The shower is really good after like four days of being uh, being in the wilderness. Uh, but my favorite part about coming back from the mountains is always seeing my kids and uh, always seeing uh, my children and she's like dad talking about me show my school pictures uh, and it's like they're like a it's like they're six inches taller and like their hair's really long now and some of them have forgotten me and um, you know um, it's it's always really interesting uh, how we how we miss one another. And um, 
and uh, you know you don't you don't miss just anybody. You know, there's lots of people. There's lots of people that you don't miss. You know what I'm saying? There's some people that will leave and you'll never miss them again. Uh, but I miss everyone. I miss everyone. But uh, but your kids. Isn't that interesting that you miss? You will miss those you love the most. It's not a bad thing. It's just what it is. And so wrapping up this morning, I can't help but wonder, and maybe this is a silly question, uh, maybe this is sort of a goofy thought, but I can't help but wonder this morning if God ever misses us. Yeah, I know God's like omnipresent, all that jazz. I can't help but wonder this morning if God ever misses you. And it's like sometimes I can't help but think like there's so much in the way. Like we've we've gone through the whole album. Like there's so many reasons I can pull out right now. It's like, yeah, Lord, but what about that? But I just wonder this morning if we can't think about what it means to have grace memory. And that the thing that we look to, that these aren't holdups, but these are actually the reasons that we look to and say, yeah, but you were with me. May you this morning have grace memory. May you receive it wherever you're at, whatever choices that you're making. Wherever you're going this morning, maybe whatever you're going through, may you this morning have grace and grace. Let's pray. Lord God, uh, we give you thanks. We give you thanks for the little children this morning who continually teach us what it means to be kingdom-like. We've all got our stories. We're all shaped. May we be shaped by you. And may our ultimate shaping come from your never breaking, never letting go, continual, faithful love for us. We give you thanks. Amen.